Every word of God is pure, and all Scripture has been given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit for our instruction in righteousness. The portion that forms the basis for our study is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Indeed, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. As for you, continue in the things you have learned and about which you have become convinced. You know from whom you learned them, and that from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, well-equipped for every good work. So far, text. Dear fellow redeemed, in Christ Jesus, the master teacher and the shepherd of tender youth, grace and peace be unto you, especially on this day, dear confirmands. Confirmation has always been a painful process for me. It's on the one hand a very joyous occasion, and it's wonderful to be able to work with our young people and confirm them, but I always have a tendency to look down the road some. I have a tendency to look down the road five years or 10 years or 20 years, and what will happen to these confirmands that are in front of me today? And sometimes it's just a very painful thing to think about. I went back and had one of the secretaries pull out a random three years of confirmation classes, not among my first five and not among my last five here at Messiah. And I tallied up those confirmands. And there was 41 of them in those three confirmation classes. Of those 41 in those three confirmation classes, four of them have abandoned the Christian faith. Five of them have left, I, I don't know where, where they are, they're inactive as far as I can tell. And four of them, four others have gone off to heterodox church bodies. If you can average that out, that's about one-third of the class. One-third of a class. And when I look down at these 15, it's extremely painful for me to think about crossing out any of their names. Crossing them out and saying, we lost the battle with that one. So today, we're taking a look at God's Word. We're taking a look at confirmation, reminding ourselves that it's a brief stop on the way to heaven. And to underscore what every pastor fears with a confirmation class is that somehow or another, you 15 or some of you are going to think, I'm done now. I've reached the graduation point of Bible study. You've only reached a brief stop because God's expectations are that you're going to need that word of God every single day of your life for the rest of your earthly pilgrimage. May the Spirit bless our study of the word he's recorded. Just ahead for you as confirmands, just ahead for all of us here today, is a very, very great dangers. Verse 12 of our text outlines it for us. Indeed, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You notice what the Holy Spirit wrote. He didn't say those who want to live a godly life may be persecuted, might be persecuted. The Holy Spirit said will be persecuted. The Savior said the same thing. If they hated me as Christ, they will hate you as Christians. The Savior said to us in that section from John chapter 16, 
you can expect that you're going to have problems. They're going to put you out of the synagogue. In fact, some people are going to come along and kill you thinking that they're doing God a favor by killing a Christian. Think of the Apostle Paul before his conversion. Our text talks about a, all those who live a godly life will be persecuted. Sometimes persecution isn't in the outright form of your life being threatened. And we live in a country where, for the most part, physical life is not threatened as a Christian, although it may be coming to that. But there are other forms of persecution. As you 15 go off into the world, perhaps to high school, perhaps on to college, you may encounter people who are going to tell you, oh, that Bible story stuff, that's good for Sunday school. But now that you're older and an adult, you can put away those childish stories, and then you may suffer ridicule for your faith or verbal abuse for your faith. In fact, this is so sure and certain that I was going to propose a different confirmation gown for you today. I was going to propose a confirmation count with a giant mark on the back because you're going to be marked from this day going forward. Our text talks about some of that marking in verse 13. Well, evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Evil people, evil people in, sometimes they're evil in the sense they want to do us bodily harm. Sometimes they're evil people in the sense that they want to do us spiritual harm. But they're going to go from bad to worse, the imposters talking about swindlers. Come on over here, nice young man. I have something to offer you. Come on over here, nice young lady. I have something to offer you. The world is going to be offering you deals, swindling, trying to cheat you out of your Christian faith. And it's going to become where they're deceiving and being deceived. Some of those swindlers are themselves deceived. But others are just being going on and and practicing deception of others. It is a very evil world that's going on out there. And you guys are going out, you 15 are going out armed with the Savior, but with a mark on your back for an attack. And so Paul says, as a contrast, verse 14, as for you, you have the one situation of evil people, imposters, swindlers, getting worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And then he stops for a moment and he says, but as for you, continue in the things you have learned and about which you have become convinced. I was trying to figure out how to word the sermon, this part of the sermon. Remember the path that got you here? And I thought, well, that is exactly a good English wording because the path that got you here might mean that you helped out some. But remember the path that took you here because you've been carried on. And Paul talks about that with Timothy. You know from whom you learned them and that from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. As Paul goes on, he talks about, uh, we know earlier in the epistle that he's referring to a mother and a grandmother. A mother named Eunice, a grandmother named Lois. They were taking Timothy and teaching him. And so Timothy's called upon, remember the people that have taught you that, that took you to this path. Now compare them to these other ones. Last night I asked them to jot down five of the people that love them the most. And they put down, it was kind of interesting because one of them said, we better put God on the list. So all of them start putting God on the list. I was actually thinking of human beings. And in that process, a number of them, over half of them, listed grandparents that loved them the most. And they listed parents. All of them listed parents. Some listed siblings. Some listed friends. 
but none of you listed somebody I thought you would put on your list, pastors and teachers. And that was the case of the Apostle Paul. He says, You've known, you know from whom you've learned these things. You learned them from your mother and your grandmother, and you learned them from me. I was your confirmation pastor. Now put those three people on a path, uh, on a list, and compare them to the ones that are coming down here. Should you listen to your mother or to that cheat swindle that wants to sell you a, a, a false deal? Should you listen to that teacher that's in the English philosophy department at the university and has got a whole listing of degrees? Or should you listen to the pastor that brought you God's word? Paul goes on to say that for infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. From infancy, it's a really good Bible translation. Some of our translations use the word childhood, but actually the Greek word is referring to something very, very, just in the beginning of life. And the word infancy is a good translation. It comes from the French meaning not able to walk. And if you look in the dictionary, usually we're referring to some child that's up to one year of age. I was with some of you on your day of baptism. I know many of you have had mothers and fathers that took you in your arms and were talking to you about Jesus, telling you Bible stories about Jesus, even before you could so express yourself in your own words. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying here. From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. And doesn't this solve for us once and for all the question, can little children believe? The answer is, yes, they not only can believe, they can know the Holy Scriptures. Don't try to teach them geography at that age or science at that age, but you can teach them about Jesus at that age. You can fold their hands and teach them about the Lord's Prayer. You can tell them about Jesus. You can carry them in arms and show them a picture. This is the Good Shepherd who died for you. You can teach them because that's what the Holy Spirit says here. From infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Wise for salvation. That's the purpose of the Bible. Some people look at the Bible and they say, consider it a history book. It is. Consider it a book of philosophy and theology. It is. But it's more. It's more than a history book, a science book, a book about philosophy. It's the book about salvation. Death has come to some of grandparents in our confirmation class just recently, and death has come to our congregation, one of our members, M.J. Stewart, and just a few weeks ago to Tom Hyen. And we can expect it to keep coming. But this is what the Holy Scriptures can do. They can make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. They can give you victory over sin and victory over death. It is a dangerous world out there. You've been marked. But you've got another symbol on the other side of your gown, and that's the Savior and his cross, carrying you through a very evil world. And so you're encouraged to use the Bible as the roadmap for life with Jesus now and for life with Jesus forever in heaven. Verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for, <coughs> for correcting and for training in righteousness. I think I have assigned this as a memory passage. Well, I know I have. I think all of you have memorized this passage. But it's more than just a memory passage. It's a truth. All Scripture is God-breathed. Every word in the Bible has come from the Holy Spirit. Every word in the Bible can be trusted. And because every word in the Bible can be trusted, 
it's good for all kinds of things, including making wise for salvation, but also it's good for teaching. Teaching about who is Jesus? Teaching about his work as the Redeemer of the world. Teaching about Jesus and what happened when he died on the cross. Teaching about objective justification and how God declared the whole world not guilty in the death of Jesus. It's good for teaching about what we do about baptism. It's good for teaching what's going on in the Lord's Supper. It's good for teaching. It's good for teaching us all the things that we need to know. It's good for rebuking. Rebuking here seems to be pointing out sin. When, when, when sin comes your way, you're going to have an opportunity either to try to justify it, defend it, excuse it, lie about it, or face it. The Bible is good for rebuking, calling sin, sin. We live in a world where the definition of what is sinful keeps changing, keeps moving. So what used to be sinful years ago, well, that's no longer sinful. It's acceptable. And what's accept sinful today, someday in the future, will probably be acceptable according to the world's standards. But the Bible is very consistent. From the beginning of time till the end of time, God says this is what was sinful for Adam and Eve. This is what was sinful for the Apostle Paul. This is what was sinful in the days of the early church. This is what's sinful today. This is what will be sinful tomorrow. God's word rebukes and calls sin, sin. And it's when the world is trying to figure out what's the definition of marriage, God's word teaches the definition of marriage, and God's word rebukes those who sin against his institution of marriage. It's good for correcting. The rebuking seems to put a lot of emphasis on the word law, but it's also good for correcting, for explaining to the sinner when the sinner is pointed out, here's how it's fixed in Jesus. Here's the, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's the one whose blood cleanses us from all sin. It's good for correcting and for training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. Living life. Understanding what's righteous before God. So, verse 17, so that the man of God may be complete, well equipped for every good work. The man of God may be complete. With the cross of the Savior, you are complete. There's nothing from this day forward that when you go out into the world that's going to be better for you, nothing that can add to this. You are complete and well-equipped for every good work in the service of the kingdom. So, it's a dangerous world. It's a world that you need to have the Bible. And part of your confirmation vows in a few moments are going to be to make use, be diligent in the use of the Bible. Back to my introduction that I had. Remember when I looked at those catechism classes and the people that had wandered away? I found one thing that was a big influence on those that wandered away. Marriage. I'm not speaking about, sometimes you might think about uh, someone that's a Christian marrying someone that's an unbeliever. I'm not talking about that problem with marriage. I'm talking about, I don't want to get married. I want to live together with someone outside of marriage. And we've lost some of our young people who have been conned and swindled into thinking that's okay. On the other hand, sometimes it's, I, I want to get out of marriage. I don't, on one hand, I don't want to get into marriage. On the other hand, I want to get out of marriage. I don't want to be married any longer. And they've been conned and swindled. It's God's word which teaches both what should be done regarding marriage and what should be done regarding divorce. So, how do we equip these young people? There are other dangers out there. Some of you may be tempted because you're gifted in uh, schoolwork. 
you may be tempted to go off to another university and get advanced degrees. You got to be careful what's being uh, taught and as if it's a better and an improvement on the Bible. Some of you may be gift, are gifted in music or in athletics, and you may go off and get, try to get your training. And then there's offerings to do this on the weekend. And now comes a decision about the use of God's house or this activity. Some of you are going to go off and get a job. And maybe you'll get a chance to get a job promotion, which will move you to an area that's hard to use the Bible and fellowship with your fellow Christians. That's a danger. So what can be done? Well, these 15 young people are a gift to our congregation. They're a gift to our church family. Not just to their own individual families, but to us as a church. So we need to ha equip and arm ourselves to help them. To help them. <clears throat> so we've done certain things. Parents, don't let this be the, pla the plateau of Bible study. But set the example in your family. Bible class attendance, church attendance, Bible study at home and bring them along with you so they keep on studying God's Word. I know I speak for Pastor Schaller. I know I speak for Pastor Nauman when I say there's so many things we have to teach you. We couldn't get them all in in these short years. You need to keep your Bible study going. Here at Messiah, we've tried to get programs going to keep Bible study going. We've got uh, <clears throat> young adults on Sunday morning. Make faithful use of that. We've got Ruth's retreat. Uh, you began out at Ruth Gutterd's home out near the campus of Emmanuel. We used to have In His Word for college-age students. Though some of those programs, the attendance has gone up, sometimes it's gone down. Make use of those programs. We have a youth group. We, we come active in the youth group. And, and I would suggest to all of us that we don't just look for them this weekend, but that we look for them next weekend. And that if we don't see them at God's house, we speak up and say, I missed you, rather than letting it go for a month or six months or a year while they drift away from the use of God's word. And when it comes next weekend, we're going to be trying to issue a call for a third pastor. This is why we need a third pastor, is to, is to put efforts of Bible study, not just for a confirmance, but for a whole congregation. It is God's word to which we have to stay connected. It is God's word which supplies us the opportunity to see what deceptions are, defends us against the lies and assaults, false doctrine, and defends us against the attempts of the devil to take away our faith. Between now and the time you leave the world, for all of us, the devil has one goal, separate you from the Bible, from your power source. May God's spirit preserve that from happening. Confirmation. A brief stop for each of you on your way to heaven, but it is just a brief stop as you continue your Bible studies. We'd like to thank God's Spirit for all he's done for you so far. Appreciate the, uh, the work which your parents and grandparents and family members have done for you. And thank the Lord's, thank the Holy Spirit for all that's been going on in your life to get you to this point. But keep going and pray the Lord will keep you preserved in that Christian faith. And for all of us here today, may that Spirit of God lead us to Jesus as the Savior from sin and death. May that Spirit of God preserve us each in an evil world. And may that Spirit of God make us diligent in our Bible study. And finally, end our days with the gift of eternal life as is found in Christ Jesus. Amen.